It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. Welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. And all next week, February the 10th through the 14th, the state of Georgia and all of us here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning are celebrating something we call Inclusive Early Learning Week. Commissioner, it's our effort to increase public awareness and advocacy for inclusion and to celebrate inclusive classrooms here in Georgia. It's always a good week, and our inclusion and behavior uh, unit does a great job of uh, just bringing awareness to the importance of inclusion for all children. Um, so um, hopefully we'll have a proclamation from the governor, and they'll provide a lot of supports to programs, and we'll do a big push on social media so all of our followers will understand how important um, inclusion is for all children. Here to talk about the special week and how you can get involved is Veronica Thomas, Inclusion and Behavior Support Manager, and Cody Parham, Behavior support specialist. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Great to have you guys. An exciting week coming up next week. But first, let's find out a little bit about you guys. This is your first time. Well, Veronica, you've been here once before. Yes. It's been a little while. Cody, your first time It is on the podcast. We want to find out about you guys, uh, how long you've been with DECAL, what you were doing before and that kind of thing. So Veronica, how about you? Um, so I have been um, with the agency in um, inclusion and behavior support for about four years now. Um, I spent majority of my time as an inclusion specialist, um, which I love my time. And um, over the past year, I've been the program manager for the unit. And what were you doing prior to that? Before that, I was teaching. I worked a little bit in administration, primarily in Head Start. Um, I'm originally from Michigan, so mm. I've been in Georgia for about um, six years now. So right. I worked Head Start um, in Chicago and in Michigan also. Great background. Okay. And uh, how are you liking it so far? I love Georgia, especially because we have 70-degree winters. Yes. <laughs> Not so common in Michigan. No, no. I think they have a blizzard happening, and they're about to get seven inches on oh, Monday. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, glad you're here. I am, too. And you can watch that on the Weather Channel mm-hmm. <laughs> and not worry about it. From afar. Cody, how about you? How long have you been with us? I have been here with DECAL for about a year and a half um, in the Inclusion and Behavior Department. And uh, before that, I was a preschool teacher for about 20 years in the wow. classroom. So, All right. Preschool, any specific age? All ages. Okay. I did pre-K for several years. I worked in an inclusive classroom for a few years as well. So, And from Georgia? Yes. Or? Well, uh, originally from Tennessee, I moved here for... Uh, college. Go dogs. All right. Very good. <laughs> well, great having you guys. And we're going to talk about this special week, uh, which is February the 10th through the 14th, Inclusive Early Learning Week. Special week for all of us. And Veronica, I guess it's a great time to really emphasize things like people first language, which places the individual first, any disability second. Yes, that is correct. So during this week, we're encouraging everyone to begin or to continue to use people first language. And the best way to kind of describe that is 
the, a way to kind of give respect to individuals by um, if you need to refer to their disability, putting that person first. So that really means that you're describing what the person has instead of what the person is. Um, because using their diagnosis as a defining characteristic um, is somewhat of a form of a prejudice. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we're giving respect to all people. Give us an example of that. So um, one common way that people refer to um, if you're trying to refer to autism would mm -hmm. be um, that child is autistic and mm -hmm. that wouldn't be per person first language. And so we would encourage people to say, um, Veronica has autism because it's putting me before the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Both of us happen to be wearing glasses. Yes. I don't know if we would appreciate people saying that glasses woman over right, there or right. that glasses guy or anything right. that is a part of who you are but isn't the defining characteristic of mm -hmm. who you are so you can think of it as you know with religion or with um your hair color or any type of activity that you like to do um you're still reg and i'm still veronica mm -hmm. and so we're those people first you're a person first yes and then yes exactly and is the term disability, is that the appropriate word to use? Yes, yes. And people have lots of questions about this throughout the years. They're saying, oh, they used to use the form, you know, disabled, and we mm -hmm. moved away from that. Um, so using the form and saying that this person has a disability is the correct and most appropriate way to say that. Um, we've really tried to move away from um, saying special needs because it kind of denotes that you need to pity that person. Um, so saying that they do have a disability would be the way to give them respect and to refer to their diagnosis. And what I've heard is we all have special needs, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you really break it down. <laughs> exactly. You may not want to admit it, but we all do. Yes. So. so Inclusive Early Learning Week has been around for a few years. How did you come up with the idea of having an Inclusive Early Learning Week? And how did you land on the week of February for this annual celebration? This is our fifth year celebrating IELW at the agency, and we originally celebrated it in the fall um, when K through 12 celebrates Inclusive Schools Week. Um, and so we found that we had a lot of competing events in the fall. We had Georgia's Pre-K Week, we have Back to School, we have the holidays that are coming up. And so we kind of thought that the best way to give IELW its own time was to um, find a week that it wasn't competing with anything um, and to associate that with Valentine's Day because um, what other better week and holiday to associate it with than Valentine's Day and love? Mm -hmm. So that's where we kind of came up with the hashtag Love Inclusion 2020. Um, and people have a chance to express how they love inclusion and how they support inclusion. Very good. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want you to do that next week. We're going to tell you some ideas. Uh, if you're out there listening and you want to jump on the bandwagon uh, for Inclusive Early Learning Week, I know child care providers are encouraged to download the electronic provider celebration kit to help uh, engage all their children, staff, and families in ways that are inclusive and diverse. And that's on our website? It is on the website. Um, also, that week you can look forward to some tips and strategies that will be posted. Some, um, I believe we have inclusion specialist, a day in the life posts that are coming, some pictures, um, different contests and prizes to look forward to, uh, maybe some visits from Cali mm -hmm. um, to different programs. And then, of course, that celebration toolkit, which is available, that offers um, some different activities that can be done in the classroom with the, the staff and also with families. Okay. And, um, Cody, where do they go on the website? 
they it's in the seeds link. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you go to our website um, and you find the instructional supports tab um, in inclusion and behavior supports, there is a little tab that says inclusive early learning week. And when you click on that little link right there, it'll say IELW 2020 and it'll have the provider kit in there. Great. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to get involved. It is not too late, even though it's next week. There's still plenty of time for you to get involved. And by the way, this is one of those things that it's not a contest uh, to see who can do the most. Just a little. Maybe this is your first year getting uh, involved. We would love to see new programs uh, jump on board. Yes, we definitely encourage everyone to participate and show how they express their love for inclusion and how they share um you know, and do activities with their children in their classrooms, um, how they involve their families in inclusion. So um, people have done artwork, they have made food, they have, um, we've even engaged um, school-age children in um, programs in the celebration of IELW. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So here at DECAL, we license and regulate around 5,000 child care programs through our Child Care Services Division. How are you guys, your team, working with CCS to support providers as they serve children of all abilities? So we do a good bit of cross-training between CCS and inclusion, um, just to make sure that the specialists and the consultants stay um, informed and up-to-date on policies or best practices within both divisions. Um, And the specialists communicate pretty regularly with the consultants um, about um, the child care programs that they're both supporting. Um, So that might look like um, a consultant reaching out to the Inclusion and Behavior Support Helpline about one of their providers who has questions or is seeking information about inclusion. Um, We also work with CCS to make sure providers understand how the licensing regulations support the inclusion of all children. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because I imagine there's probably some concern because we regulate Mm -hmm. and providers are trying to make sure they're following all the rules and regulations, meeting the health and safety requirements. There's probably questions that come up that say, well, I, I want to make sure I'm following the rules. Will this affect my standing? Sure, sure. And that's when a lot of times when our um, specialists, we discuss with the consultants what type of supports we can provide. Um, and they're also providing information about the licensing regulations as well so that we can both kind of come together and collaborate to make sure that they're getting the most information from our unit. And we're also communicating the same messages that, mm-hmm. you know, inclusion um, and CCS are supporting each other to make sure that the program um, Um, knows, you know, what they need to do and and how to best do it. When we talk about inclusion and inclusive early learning week, what does that mean and how does it look in a child care program? Um, I think that kind of goes into just observing that classroom community and recognizing that it supports all learners in um, um, just a supportive environment. So all children would be participating fully in Mm -hmm. in all aspects of the classroom. I agree, (laughs) yes. Um, And, you know, there's certain things that, you know, when you're walking into a classroom, you want to look for, um, of course, we want to make sure that all children and families have access. Um, So that would be the very first step is, um, are you enrolling or or do you enroll families and children with disabilities? And then looking at the classroom and making sure that once those children are enrolled, that they're able to fully participate in all the activities that are going on throughout the day. Um, And then looking at the collaboration between the program staff, the families, or any providers that they have through early intervention or preschool special 
special ed um, to make sure that the plan that they have in place is, is communicated to everyone and that everyone um, can make sure that they're supporting that child's learning and development. And Cody, the research shows this is beneficial both for the children with disabilities as well as their peers. Definitely, um, because we know in that classroom community they're developing social skills um, and just learning how to get along with other people in that community and in our society. So we're we're basically building that world that we want to see. So we go out and we encourage teachers to focus on um, each child's individual abilities and strengths instead of a challenge or a disability. Um, and as you said, research shows that um, those skills that they're learning must be developed before we can even get to academics. So they're learning things like self-regulation, they're learning about emotions and emotional development, they're learning about friendship skills and problem solving. Mm -hmm. So that's critical for everyone in the classroom environment. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about this before, but when you mention disabilities, not always all that obvious. I mean, I think sometimes stereotypically you picture a child in a wheelchair or like I mentioned children wearing glasses I know Susan Adams um, our deputy commissioner of pre-k was at a classroom once and a little boy came up to her and said it's okay we know you have glasses and uh, you're welcome here you know kind of just made her feel right at home but it was so sweet to her and everybody around that he was so sensitive to that at such a young age right so. The great thing about inclusion is that it gives children with and without disabilities a greater awareness and understanding of diversity. Um, and that kind of helps them be prepared for the world because our world is diverse. And mm-hmm. so um, when they encounter diversity early, you know, they understand how to be sensitive to that and how to be understanding and, and welcoming and how to um, encourage the participation of their peers and to be friends. And right. so that helps them make friends and learn um, and to be better prepared to enter school. And let's be honest at this stage in life don't you find they are so welcoming and they want to I mean they're just friends yes and so it's really the adults that are probably struggling more right a lot of times (laughs) children don't have that lens that we have that we've developed over the years of our life you know through our various experiences Um, so it's great to kind of see things through their perspective you know it's a fresh take on on the world So about a year ago, we received some additional federal dollars for our Child Care and Development Block Grant. And with some of those additional funds, we were able to expand our inclusion and behavior support team to 18 specialists statewide. How do they work with providers? What type of training and resources do they provide to providers and to children? Um, So the inclusion and behavior support team, we do have um, 18 specialists statewide, um, and they work with child care providers to provide free resources, strategies, um, on-site coaching and training and professional development related to social-emotional development, related to inclusion and making accommodations. Um, And they're also available to facilitate the behavior support process when programs are concerned about challenging behaviors they might be seeing. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, And you can contact uh, our team through a new helpline. Yes, you are right. So we um, have a helpline. Um, The number is 1-833-354-4357. And anyone can call. We um, encourage early childhood providers and families to reach out if they have questions for us. Um, And a lot of times it's, you know, referrals to child care programs that are inclusive. It might be coaching or training that they're looking for. 
Um, and programs and providers and families can also email us at inclusion at decal.ga.gov if they want to ask a question or receive any information. Let's say a provider is listening and wants to make their program more inclusive. Where do they start? Yes, we get a good bit of calls from both providers and families. Um, Providers might call looking for training or coaching for their staff. Um, Families might call, like I said, looking for inclusive child care, or they may have a child care program that their child is enrolled in already, but um, maybe the child care program needs connection to our unit, or they're interested in us coming in and supporting those child care teachers with making accommodations in the classroom. So are parents, families, normally notified or informed about their child having special needs in the early, early years, maybe through a physician, or how does that work? Um, So there are a lot of routes that families take um, when it comes to, um, you know, diagnostic evaluation. Mm -hmm. So um, it may be through their pediatrician if they're noticing that the child um, might be missing some developmental milestones. Um, They may seek out a referral from their pediatrician to get an evaluation. Um, or um, with early intervention, Babies Can't Wait is the provider that we have in Georgia. They can reach out to Babies Can't Wait and request that evaluation happens. Mm. And so they will come out to the child's natural environment and, you know, you know, perform this evaluation to figure out, to create a plan that's best for this child's development to help them learn. I'm just mm-hmm. picturing a parent when they find that out, that's challenging mm-hmm. enough. But now you've got to learn how to navigate early childhood education. Sure. That's probably a good time to call us, maybe for a recommendation of a program near them. Yes, yes, yes. So we have families who also reach out for information to Babies Can't Wait, to preschool special ed, um, to figure out, you know, this is what I'm seeing. Who are the people who can support me? What are the resources that you all can provide? So we do a good bit of that, and we're happy to provide those resources at Mm -hmm. any time. You guys are really dual purpose. Uh, Families... (laughs) And providers, yes. both sides of it. Are we getting a lot of calls? We are getting a lot of calls, huh. Reg. Um, the helpline has been running since May of 2019. And um, as of last week, we have received over 700 calls and emails to the helpline. Wow, that's great. Yes, it's an exciting time. So it, it shows that it was needed <laughs> to begin with. Yes. It, and you like the approach of the 18 specialists out across the state. There's one near you. Yes, yes. The helpline kind of helps us have one point of contact for everyone. So as you can imagine, um, Cody and the other specialists are busy in the field and they're supporting child care programs. So if you were to call Cody, she might be in a classroom right now. Mm -hmm. So the helpline kind of helps where the people who are answering are called the supervisors on duty. And they're there, you know, through business hours, answering the helpline and making sure that they take that information from the providers or their families um, and make sure that they can give them resources or assign a specialist to come out and do a visit or provide a training. Cody, what part of the state do you work in? All right. I am in the northeast part of the state. Okay. So Athens, a um, bit of Atlanta, and the mountains, which is great. <laughs> Tennessee, basically, is what she covers. <laughs> you know, they make fun of us when we call those mountains in other parts right. of the country. I realize You go out to Colorado, they go, yeah, you have some hills up there, basically. But that's a great part of the state. And, um, again, the great thing about DECAL, yes, we're headquartered here in Atlanta, along with most state agencies, but we're everywhere. We're right. all over Georgia, so don't think of us as that far away agency in Atlanta. We're right down the street from you and uh, can be a part of that. Let's say we've got a provider that's listening. They want to make sure their program is more inclusive. Where do you start? 
Well, they start by calling or emailing us. Um, everybody on the team is very friendly, very helpful, and very knowledgeable. So like Veronica mentioned, those supervisors are on call all the time uh, to make those connections and to get us out into the centers as, as soon as possible mm-hmm. if there's a need. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I would also say, you know, for people who are a program administrators, starting by looking at your program's policies and procedures and making sure that they support inclusion and that they don't screen out children with disabilities is a great place to start. Um, and like Cody said, we're happy to help programs look at their internal policies or procedures or practices that are happening in the classroom to support them being more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Or if they have questions about a specific child, ways that we can encourage the collaboration to happen between you know the school and the family and the providers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're out there listening, and again, we, I always think every time we talk about this topic that someone out there has a light bulb going off and they're thinking, we should do more. Either we're not doing enough or we should start you know, doing more inclusive early learning. Call us on the hotline, 833-354-4357, or the email was? Inclusion at decal.ga.gov. Okay, you can send us that note. I'd love to hear personal stories from the experience of working in inclusive early learning, and I wondered if either of you might have a personal antidote, little story that has impressed you um, in your time here at Decal. Of course, uh, I was in a classroom for for a while. So um, you know, there are, there are so many, um, but I think for me, we're talking about that light bulb moment that maybe someone's listening and 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 their light bulb moment is going off right now. Um, the last program that I was with was an inclusive classroom environment, so it was um, children with a, a wide range of uh, abilities in that uh, classroom together. And when I walked in, I thought you know, how is this ever going to work? Mm-hmm. You know, how is how are we going to be able to support all of these kids? And I learned so much more that year than I, I feel like I taught. Um, the way they interact with each other taught me more about education than anything else mm-hmm. in my in my time has. Um, kids are great teachers. Like yeah. you said, they're very welcoming and opening, open to, to everyone. Mm-hmm. So, um, they didn't have any issues with it. They all got along just like um, you would hope for them to. You know, they, they were supportive to each other. They helped each other. They were friendly. And all of that um, just taught me so much. And I was thinking, this is the kind of world we need, <laughs> we uh-huh. need to have right now. Um, and I just think as educators, we should never stop learning. Right. You know, we are not just teaching children, but they're teaching us too. Social skills are such an important part. Right of those early years. And um, yeah, if we're going to have a world like that tomorrow, this is the place to start. Best practices. Veronica, how about you? Um, I have worked um, with programs individually and now in this new role that I'm in um, at a at a glance, kind of more scaled back, but we have so many programs that are doing so many great things across Georgia. Um, I think just to name a few, we have Kids World in Statesboro, and we have Back to the Basics in Monroe. Um, And those are just two examples of programs that are very inclusive to all families and um, where the staff and the and the administration are making sure that um, inclusion is not only embedded in their program's policies, but also the teachers are doing really great things in the classroom to promote acceptance and friendship. Um, And one indicator of that is all these teachers are 
avid about their professional development and they're eager to learn. Like Kogi said, they're always seeking to find more information, strategies, resources to um, work on themselves, you know, as a professional, but also to give their children the best experiences. Mm -hmm. So um, those have been some of my greatest takeaways. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, we want everybody to get involved and uh, this is a great opportunity for you. Of course, you can jump in anytime during the year, but Inclusive Early Learning Week would be a great week. Uh, to uh, sort of put a stake in the ground and say, we're going to be an inclusive early learning program, and you've got all of the help here um, to assist you. So again, it's next week, February the 10th through the 14th. We mentioned the website. Go there for your electronic provider celebration kit right there at www.decal.ga.gov. We'd also love for you to post pictures of your program celebrating Inclusive Early Learning Week on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, using, as Veronica said, the hashtag, hashtag LoveInclusion2020 to show others how you're celebrating. And I know from monitoring our social media, people love best practices. Some of our most popular posts are from programs just putting simple uh, advice and examples of what they're doing. Right. So we hope to maybe learn some new things. I do. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all the posts and the pictures. I think that's one highlight of our year is to seeing how everyone um, celebrates yeah. and how they share this with their children and families. All right. It's going to be a great week. Hope you jump in and participate with us. Again, uh, give us a call if you'd like more questions or if you have questions or like more information on the helpline, 833 Seven. Veronica, Cody, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for letting us. Thanks for having us. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Hira Sayed and I work in the CAPS division. My question for the commissioner is, what would you do with your 15 minutes of fame? That is a great question. So, um, gosh, there's so many answers to that. But since this is decal download, um, let's stick with the decal answer. So if I had 15 minutes of fame, I think I would make sure that all parents of young children and all caregivers and grandparents know the importance of quality early learning, whether it's in a child care center or a family child care learning home or just in someone's own home as they raise their children. Because we learn so much about how important that is. And I think everyone needs to understand how they access it. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to our question this week. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. How many inclusion and behavior support specialists under decal serve the state of Georgia? How many inclusion and behavior support specialists under decal serve the state of Georgia. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Downloads. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M-Jacobs.
Let's say a provider is listening and wants to make their program more inclusive. Where do they start? 